0: Hello, welcome to the Good Book Podcast, where today we will be focusing on part two of Daniel chapter four, and we will conclude our study in Daniel four by finishing up where we started, where we last talked. We talked about Nebuchadnezzar and how he had a dream and how the dream um, needed to be interpreted because it affected the way that he he lived during that time. The dream affected him um, so much so that he needed to know. So today, what we are going to do is we're going to finish off starting with verse verse 9. I'm sorry, we'll start off verse 8 and we'll end at the end of the chapter with verse 37. Hopefully, you were helped. Um, with part one, but now we are, as I said earlier, going to part two, where we're going to put more of a focus on everything that King Nebuchadnezzar went through and what the dream meant for him during the time of his, his reign. Dear Lord, thank you for just the opportunity, dear Lord, Father, to talk about your word and to hear your word and to learn more of your word. Just pray that Whoever hears this message, this lesson, will be able to draw help from it to continue to strengthen them and lead them and guide them. In Jesus, now we pray. Amen. All right, so starting off at verse 8, um, for the most part today, I wanted to make sure that I left you with an overall um, points for each particular um, verse or various verses throughout Daniel chapter 4. And when we look at verses 8 through 9, we're looking at the um inquiring of the believer. So here in verse 8 through 9, as we talked about earlier, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He didn't understand the dream. As a result of him not understanding the dream, he needed to find someone who could interpret the dream so that he can know exactly what the dream meant to him, not for everybody but for him. And the dream was specifically um, geared for King Nebuchadnezzar. And so Nebuchadnezzar looked for everyone. He looked for, um, as we can see um, in the beginning verses of chapter four, he looked for magicians. Um, he looked for um, astrologers. He looked for the Chaldeans. He looked for soothsayers. Um, he looked for anyone who can interpret the dream. But There was no one who was able to interpret the dream. And the only one that was able to interpret the dream was Daniel. And so here in verse eight and nine, this is where we see the inquiry or the inquiring of the believer. So when we look at verse eight and nine. It says, but at last Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God and in whom the Holy Spirit got in the spirit and in whom the spirit of the holy gods, and before him I told the dream, saying, Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret trouble thee, tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen, and therefore interpretation thereof. <clears throat> so Daniel here Is seen as the only person that is able to interpret the dream. And as I talked in part one, given an understanding that God's word allows for us to have a better understanding of things that go on in the world. And not only things that go on in the world, but things that go on internally as far as it pertains to the spirit. We understand things because we know the one who created us, which is God. And so Daniel um, is sought out because There's a great and high possibility that Daniel will be able to answer the dream. And such is the same for us. There are some things, some questions that only those who believe in Christ can answer or those who trust God can answer. And so sometimes the world is going to have to come to us and inquire what mean these things, whatever the thing may be. And then we move from there to verse 10 through 18, where we see the presentation of the dream. And so here, Nebuchadnezzar um, expounds on the dream. He tells them exactly what happened. And um, he, he gives them specific details about the dream. And so this dream is presented to Daniel because Daniel could possibly, once again, remember, have the answer. And so as you read through there in verse one, he talks about how it started in his bed and he saw a tree. And he saw how big the tree was. He said the tree was great in verse 10. And then we see in verse 11, not only is it a big tree, but in verse 11, that the tree grew and the tree was strong. And then the height reached to heaven. And so we see here that he's, he gives specific details about the dream. And so whenever um, questions are asked and answers are needed, The questions are asked specifically and it is specifically pertaining to the individual or specifically pertaining pertaining to people. And so God in certain times, certain situations allows for us to answer those questions, not because of how good we are or how smart we are, how wise we are, but because of how good wise and wise God is. And so we see the tree. We see the tree grew great and it grew to heaven in verse 12, we see that the leaves were fair and there was fruit on it for everyone. The beasts of the field, they had shade under the tree and the the fowls, the birds of the air. They were able to to hide themselves in in the tree and then all of the flesh fed off of the tree. And then all of a sudden it says, I saw in a vision of my head on my bed and behold, A watcher and an holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and says, Cut down the tree. He said, Cut the tree down, cut the branches down, shake the leaves off, scatter the fruit, and then let the beasts move away from it. And then the fowls fly away from the branches. But he said, Leave the stump. And so we hear, see in verse 15, as we move a little bit further, we're going to see that the stump is actually God's grace. It said, leave the stump and his roots in the earth. And let it be wet with the dew of heaven in verse 15 and the portion be with the beast in the grass. And then it said verse, you see in verse 16, it said, let his heart be changed from man's to a beast. So we're going to see a change. And this is all the things that are going to happen to Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel is going to answer that. Once again, we're still looking at the presentation in verses 10 through 18. And Daniel's going to give he's going to give an interpretation. But right now we're looking at the presentation. And so as we move further in verse 16, you see that his heart is changed. And then it says verse 17 that the matter is by a decree. Of the watchers, those who are watching Nebuchadnezzar, and the demand is by the holy ones and here's the intent in verse seventeen that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and give it it to whomsoever he will, and set it up over the beasts of the men, and then finally, verse eighteen. The presentation comes to a close. And it says, This dream I have, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now, O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof. For as much as the wise men of my kingdom are not able to interpret, not are are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. So... Verses 10 through 18, as I've gone through, we see a presentation of the dream. And so Nebuchadnezzar says all of these things in order that he might receive an interpretation. There are so many different things that goes on um, from day to day in this world where people just want to know and have understanding. What do these things mean? And our diligence in the studying of God's word and our Um, diligence and spending time with him allows for us to be able to help individuals understand why some of the things are taking place in our lives. I am not saying that you can interpret dreams. I'm not saying that you'll be able to read it, but I I am saying that you should be able to answer questions of concern that unbelievers have and even believers have because of your understanding of God's word and your devotion and spending time with him. So in verse 19 and 20 we see that Daniel was astonished. 19 and 20 we see we see astonishing thoughts and sometimes when we hear these things, we are presented with these things. It it makes us just marvel at what is happening and what could possibly happen. And so Daniel no doubt is astonished, one, probably because he really cares about the king, and then two, because of what he knows that God will do, and so he has astonishing thoughts in verse 19 and 20, and he took time, he took about an hour to even answer the king, and it wasn't until um, King Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, um, look, don't let the thoughts trouble you, just give it to me, give it to me straight, give me the answer, and so what happens in verse 21 through 26 is we see the interpretation of the dream. So the interpretation in verse 21, verse 20, actually, we see that the tree which we saw is a representation of King Nebuchadnezzar. And as we know, Nebuchadnezzar conquered um, the Jews he he took them and he brought them in and they served under him and he conquered at the time the entire world. And people looked at him as superior and he was strong. He was mighty and he had conquered a lot. Even we see that he made idols for people to worship in, in chapter three. We see that. Um, but here that is the description. Is the tree that we saw in verses ten through eighteen that was great, that was big, that was strong, that was able to house um, birds and give shade to the beasts and, and and fruit to all? It is King Nebuchadnezzar. That's the first interpretation, and so he talks about how the king has in verse twenty-two how he has become strong. His greatness is grown and reached to heaven and is dominion to the end of the earth. And so the one who is watching him in verse 23 saying cut down the tree and destroy it is, is God himself who is saying, look, if you get prideful, I can take this away from you. Think about some of the things we lost because of our pride. Think about some of the things we could have had. If we weren't so prideful, sometimes we think that it's us that does all of what is taking place, whether that's the way you make money, whether that's your influence, whatever it might be is not us, is God giving us the opportunity to do those things. And so here's what King Nebuchadnezzar failed to do. And so he said verse twenty three hew down a tree and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots, and here's where grace kicks in instead of just taking away the kingdom from Nebuchadnezzar, the Lord humbles him, and which, which we'll see he breaks him, he tears him down to get him to understand that the only reason he is in the position he is in is because of God's grace, God's mercy, that he's there where he is." And so in verse 24, he says, look, this interpretation, O okay, king, is a decree, which has come from the Lord, that he will drive you from men, and thy dwelling shall be with beasts. So he's like, hey, look, I'm telling you this to warn you that if you don't listen to what I tell you to do, that you'll be you'll be laying down with the beast. You'll be out in the field. Because you failed to recognize who is the one who actually allowed for you to be in the position you're in. And so we see in 26, 27 and 28, here's the warning. It said, and whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the trees of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee and thou shall have known that the heavens do Rule wherefore, O King, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins by righteousness and thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. So, the only thing that was required of him was that required of King Nebuchadnezzar was that he should stop sinning, one and two. That he should humble himself before God. That was all. And he will be able to enjoy his time um, as king. He will be able to continue to live the way he, he has in the, thus enjoyed. But he needed to listen to the warning. So what happens? Like most, we don't heed the warning. And as a result... The judgment came. <clears throat> so in verse 29 through 33, we see the judgment. Nebuchadnezzar here comes out and he says in verse 30, Is not this great Babylon that I have built the house of the kingdom by the might by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? as we saw earlier, that it is not our might that has put us in the position that we're in. It is not, it was not Nebuchadnezzar's might that put him in a position he is in. It is all because God allowed for him to be in that position. And so Nebuchadnezzar failed to heed Daniel's warning, which was given in verses 27 and 28. And so now in verse 29 to 33, we're going to see his judgment. And so he says this, And immediately, immediately in verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. So Nebuchadnezzar loses his kingdom. And I wonder at many times do we lose the things that God has given us because of our inability to be. Or remain humble. And so Nebuchadnezzar loses the kingdom. Remember he is pretty much the national figure. The worldly figure. Whatever you want to say. That was Nebuchadnezzar. But the reason why he lost it. Is because. Is because. Is because he failed to humble himself before God. Only reason he lost it. If he would have listened to Daniel and humbled himself, he would still be in the position that he was in, but he lost it. And that was God's judgment. And so verse 32, we see that it said, and he's going to be driven from men. So he's no longer going to be living with men. He's going to be living with the beasts. He's going to eat grass. And then seven times shall pass over. Some say they don't really some commentaries say they don't know if it's seven times what that means. others say it's seven years. nonetheless, it was a period of time in which Nebuchadnezzar was acting like a beast and I think, and I look outside sometimes and I'm like, man, I wonder do are some of these people who have mental illnesses struggling because of their inability to humble themselves before God?" And I think there's a lot of truth to that, that sometimes our inability to humble ourselves before God causes us to have mental disturbances and our ability to be humble allows for us to have peace and a sound mind. And so here he's judged the same hour it was fulfilled that the judgment was immediate that Nebuchadnezzar He left away from living with men, started living with beasts. His hair grew long, his nails grew long, and he was eating grass. But verse 34 through 37, we see God's grace that at the end of the seven years or the period of time, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes. His understanding returned, his kingdom returned and his humility was given to him because he could have lost his kingdom during that time but it was still held in place remember the stump the stump represented nebuchadnezzar's, nebuchadnezzar's kingdom as daniel um talked about but he didn't he only did not lose it not because he had people in position to help him but because god allowed for it to be in that state Once again, the whole thing to remember is that Nebuchadnezzar loses it because he thinks he did it when God is really the one that is holding it all together. And so we see here, verse 34 through 37, God's grace and that he allowed for Nebuchadnezzar to be humbled. Then after he was humbled to be saved because he now understands that God is the one that controls all things that allows for him to be in the position that he is in. And so we see verse 36, he says, at the same time, my reason returned unto me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and my brightness returned unto me and my counselors and my lords sought me and I was established. He was given his kingdom back and excellent majesty was added unto me. And so what does he do at the end? Verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all who works of truth in his ways, judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. So now Nebuchadnezzar has a better understanding of who God is and who actually put him in the position that he's in. And so for us, what we can draw from this is that wherever we are and whatever we're doing and how great we are and how Respected, we are. It is only because of God's grace and mercy that we are able to be in this position, and it's very important and incumbent upon us to make sure that we honor God with our position, with our time, our talent, and our treasure. And so, hopefully, that helps. This is Daniel chapter four, and hope you take something from the lesson that you can apply to your daily lives. Have a blessed day. Once again, this is the Good Book Podcast. And our lesson was found in Daniel chapter 4, verses 8 through 37.